Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Hey now, it's the Mike and JD show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? All right, man. What's going on? Uh, not much, man. Not much, man. You know, I uh at work, I have been in a fight. Not a physical fight. I'm too old to fight physically. And honestly, if you fight physically in the military these days, they'll just kick your ass out. It's a different type of military. Um, but I've just been in arguments every single day fighting with people. And I'm not the easiest guy to argue with, but these people keep coming after me and they keep trying to pull stuff on me. And regardless of their rank or their status in life, they're trying to mess with me and I just keep coming after them. And I keep taking them down one by one every single day this week. So I'm a little fired up uh, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm kind of in a mood. So I'm ready to get this podcast going because I got a lot to talk about today. I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> no, no. You, there's no heat on JD, by the way. This is all like personal, like work stuff. So, you know, I'll just give you an example. Okay. Please. So, I, I booked some airline tickets for my family through the base travel office, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I, so there's two different offices. They work together. One books the travel, one approves the travel, right? Okay. So I called the people. They have like a phone number. You just call them. They book your tickets. Boom. They say, okay, well, as soon as you give this paperwork over here to these other guys, then you're all set. We'll send you the actual tickets. But right now we have your flights reserved. I'm like, okay, cool. How do I get a hold of them? Here's an email address and here's a phone number. I'm like, great. Shoot them an email address with all the paperwork that I needed. Waited 24 hours. Or shot them an email with all the paperwork. Waited 24 hours. Didn't get nothing, right? And then... Um, so I call after 24 hours and I call and I call and I call. I got nothing. Right. So then the next day I, I look online and I find their location. I go to their location, bars on the windows, big sign on the door said, we've moved to this other location. I'm like, okay, I got this. No problem. They moved to this other location. That's not a big deal to me. I'm so happy and cheerful. So I drive to the other location. I get there. Boom. All the lights are off. Windows closed sign on the door said we're actually still teleworking from covid guys covid's over i uh, i hate to be the one to break it to you like people still get it but yeah. we don't need to have full offices teleworking anymore you guys can go back to work we got vaccines now we have herd immunity we got a lot of stuff going on you cannot use covid as an excuse anymore to continue not be at work cuz i found out that they haven't been in that office in months they're all working from home still because they've decided that they don't want to come to work anymore. They're stealing money from the government. So I sent them in. I sent them a nicely worded email. 
um, letting them know my displeasure. I, I courtesy copied some very high-ranking people, and wouldn't you know it, immediately they got right back to me and called me on my phone and stamped and approved everything I needed within seconds. It's like, guys, why do I have to go nuclear to get anything done around here? This is wild. And that was the what was only one of many different uh, things that happened this week that I really just had to get in somebody's ass just to get anything done this week. Uh, it 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 is really wild, uh, really wild how all that stuff went down. But um, I, I I'm in a bit of a mood, but I, I'm excited to be here. I could tell. Um, are you one of these people that believe that work must be done at work and people cannot work at home? I know no, it's the military, so it's different. Yeah. But I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are on the no, situation. I, no, no, I I do believe there are like teleworking entities, but if um. If you're not answering your phone and your voicemail is full and you're not answering your emails, um, then teleworking is no longer a great option, I would say, especially whenever it requires wet signature documentation, right, to to get things done. Um, And especially when I know for a fact they have a physical location um, and they have just not been operating that physical location. Now, look, there are great teleworking jobs out there. I might even get one whenever I retire. that, and that I'm not I'm not like trying to downgrade like teleworking jobs. However, um, these people have just decided that they're no longer coming to the office anymore. They're trying to do everything out of their houses from now on. And I just don't feel like that's good customer service for what we do uh, when a lot of what we require is face to face communication. Because, you know, J.D., one thing that I've always learned and through business and in through relationships, it's very hard to ignore somebody when they're in your face. I tend you know to find I mean? that yeah, yeah. yeah. and I so and I what I what I tell people when we have to we have to get stuff done at different locations if we can't get them on the phone and we can't email them and they're not answering we always will go over to their location and I'll tell my airmen to go kick in the door wave in the faux faux make them scream papa don't hit me anymore that's <laughs> what we got to do sometimes to get shit done um, but people are so fucking isolated right now. They're afraid of face-to-face communication and they're afraid of confrontation, right? Because I'm not that high-ranking of a guy, but I will fuck you up with some truth in a goddamn heartbeat. I really you are. Do. You are worked up tonight. I, I am. Well, you know what? And that's just that's just the only thing that I can even talk about right now, right? Because there's some other stuff that, that happened this week that be, because I'm willing to get in your face about stuff and I'm willing to fight you, I was able to get done, but it should have never got to that point. Like, why do we have to have an argument over what's moral, right? And fortunately for me, I have facts and I have truth and I have wisdom at my side. And you cannot defeat that when you are stupid, which is what happened to me a lot this week. So anyway, um, I, I feel I feel like I'm arguing with uh, Rover and Bix right now. Like, I feel like I'm like... <laughs> I'm dealing with there, those right now. Yeah. So, so it was very. <laughs> you are fired up, man. I've never seen yeah. you this. Usually, it's yeah. me that's this fired up. But I, I know, I know, and I, and I really wish that I could say some other stuff publicly, but I'd probably get in trouble if I talk well, about some other stuff. Let's discuss some like, things t- after the show and let your blog. Yeah, some not steam, like it's nothing like it's nothing you know classified or top secret. Nobody tells me that information, but right, you know, just like stuff, you know, the the dealing being in like management right and i'm kind of like upper middle management and so i got some problems with some of the folks at the top right and they're trying to do some stuff to the folks beneath me unfortunately for them to get to them you got to get to me 
and I'm not an easy guy to get through, right? And I, I will stand up for people, especially when I know that I'm right and when I know that they're right. So um, that's been a tough thing. Um, but the people that uh, tried to fight me this week all said, you know what, man, you're a really great leader. And I'm like, you should have known that before you fucked with me because you knew I wasn't going to budge on this deal, right? You know I'm going to take care of my people. You can't do that to me. Wrong, I unfuck with a bull, right? You got to be that way sometimes. I guess. God damn, yeah. dude. You're yeah, all I told worked you. up. I told you I'm told you I'm all worked up. You know who else is all worked up? You know what? Let's just you want you want to get into Scott since he's already just popped Scott, in. Scott just joined us. Let's give people the lowdown. We're gonna do something a little different on the show this yeah. week. I'm gonna let Mike cool off with some water while he's a, he's all worked up. We're actually gonna preview money in the bank a little bit. And you might be saying, Mike, JD, neither one of you guys watch WWE. You're idiots. You're right. So I went ahead, I called in from the bullpen. I got our guy. Uh, he's always going to be regular Scott to me, but I guess he, we're now salty Scott. So <laughs> salty Scott. Me, me and him are going to compete for saltiness tonight. I think because I'm all worked up. <laughs> Mike wins. You missed. He, Scott just joined us. Mike. Uh, yeah. I made the mistake of asking Mike how he was doing, and um, that's been the show so far. Uh, don't don't you I, guys just hate it when you ask that question and someone tells you the truth? You're like, wow, I wasn't expecting the truth on that question. That I didn't just, know I was going to get truth. Nice. I thought we were doing a wrestling show. <laughs> the truth sir, yeah. can come at you in a weird way yeah. and it, 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 yeah. it hits you hard. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I've been hit hard. I'm like, wow, I'm, gl I'm just glad yeah. I, I do a podcast with you and I don't work with you, Mike. I mean, yeah. Jesus. Well, you, you'll want to work with me. You don't want to work against me. That doesn't work Fair. out too well for people a lot of times. Unfortunately. I have learned. I have learned that actually over the yeah. last couple of years. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, we are going to preview money, the bank, but we don't know yeah. jack shit about what's going on in WWE right now. So from the rap, our good buddy, salty Scott young is going to talk to us a little bit about what's going on in the world of WWE and uh, what's happening this weekend. I guess there's a pay-per-view or something. Yeah, there's a little show, Money in the Bank, going overseas. You know, they're, they're getting their visas, getting them stamps in. So, uh, yeah, nice show coming up. Looking forward to it. Some big matches. And yeah. uh, apparently there's going to be a, a huge upset, quote unquote, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, so um, I so JD is incorrect just a little bit when I'm he said that we don't watch WWE. I still watch WWE. I just don't watch the weekly television. Don't watch weekly WWE television. Yeah, because it's mistake. it's it, it's a lot to ask, right? Um, and so yeah. I, I keep my weekly I keep my weekly priorities to just a couple of shows. But I like the monthly shows that WWE has been putting on, especially this year. I think they've done a great job. Um, now, Money in the Bank is always one of the funnest shows that they do every year. I'm 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 really excited for it, especially because they're going to be in the UK, and that UK audience always shows up and shows out. They got a sold out house. Uh, there uh, it's O2 Arena, right, Scott? O2. Yes, that's right. O2, that's big time. Uh, UFC and WWE own the O2, man. They always have big time uh, crowds there. So uh, looking forward to that. I guess my first question for for Salty Scott is um, I heard a rumor. Uh, it's been going around the internet. You and I had talked about it, I think, in the BFI chat. We've been, Scott is a part of our BFI chat. Um, the big, do we get the big Randy Orton return here at Money in the Bank? Listen, as uh, as Hawkeye said, don't give me hope. Okay, don't 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 give me hope. All right, don't 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 get me excited for a downfall and for a letdown. All right, I, I hope so. I, I've heard, I've you know, I've seen that he's his dad said he's feeling great. He could be coming back. We'll see what happens. Um, 
what better audience would there be for him to make his return? What better place for him to get a great reaction than that audience? I think they would go crazy for Randy Orton, especially if we get two or three RKO's. Um, unfortunately, I feel like if he does return, he's going to be a heel. And I just, at this point, I don't know if people really want to mm. boo Randy Orton and they're going to try to make him a heel against Riddle. Uh, that's what I feel like is going to happen if he returns. I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't trust Cowboy Bob. That guy walked around with a cast on for two years. <laughs> and I don't think his arm, I don't think his arm was ever broken, quite frankly. I, I think I think that if Cowboy Bob were to appear today, he would have that cast on his arm. I, I, I get better. the feeling that he would, yeah. Listen, he fell down. He fell down and re-injured himself right before TV. It just always seems to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, um, uh, you know, I'm going to run down the card in, in a little bit, but we got the big icy title match between Gunther and Riddle. Um, and people are maybe like, the, nobody, this isn't like, like a, um, like an actual rumor from credited journalists, right? This is just people that are talking online. Okay. But I, I find that to be a little bit interesting. Sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, other times there's not, and that's okay. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a fun thing to talk about. Um, you know, could, I, I think this would be the spot, but you think that if they did bring him in, it would be to attack riddle and cost him the match and not to help him win the match. And, and then do like a slow burn, you know, down the road where you do either an Orton turn or a riddle turn. Uh, Cause I think you're right. I don't think that you turn Randy Orton heel anytime soon. So my initial thought is Randy comes in, helps even the numbers game out, hits a couple RKOs on Imperium. And this could be the quote unquote big upset. We get riddle wins right. the title from Gunther. And like after it. the match, when everybody's going crazy, they're hugging it out. Then he just drops them with an RKO. That's kind of my mindset of how I see it going. And Orton's like, yo, you're, I'm a dick. This is what I do. I just want to take <laughs> yeah. your title because you want. I'm just a yeah. dickhead. So that's, that's kind yeah. of how I see it going. I don't want it to go that way because I just – I think at this point, Orton is a legacy guy where people just want to cheer him. They just want to see him mm-hmm. go out and have good matches on his way out. Yeah, same here. And plus, you know, when people are gone for a long time, that initial pop that they get back is usually huge. Right. You want to ride that wave for a little bit, you know. Um, and then, but Randy Orton is always better slotted as a heel. I think the most success that he's had in his career has typically come as a heel. Although that that that, that final run that he had before he got the back injury with him and Riddle as baby faces, I thought Fantastic. they were onto something there. Yeah. I and I I'll be honest, I was like completely against that formation of a tag team there's like oh they're wasting riddle he's a joke and now they're bringing randy orton down to his level but the, the bastards had magic right and they they yeah. really clicked and they they really connected you know what it reminded me of and i don't know if you were watching back then jd you might remember this but just randomly like wwe paired up booker t and gold dust back in the day i remember like that in, in 2002 where gold dust was a bumbling idiot and booker t was like the straight man and they just they just had magic all of a sudden. I actually saw them live a couple of times, and the crowd ate it up. That kind that's kind of what it reminded me of, except for um, you know obviously Riddle and Orton. Speaking of two thousand two, Mike, I'm yeah. gonna throw Randy Orton stat at you. Okay, Randy Orton debuts in two thousand two with WWE. Right, it's twenty twenty three right now. That is the equivalent of Bruno Sammartino winning the WWF World Title and then working WrestleMania one. Wow. That's the same amount of time. Yeah. 
you know, if Bruno would have just had HGH, you know, and all the all the different things that you can get into your body that these like these like guys in their late forties and fifties are able to get access to now, is they had some of that stuff, but it was like in the early stages and it was like super dangerous. But now like sixty year old dudes look like they're thirty five because of the because of the things that they can pump into their system. And a lot of those things are actually perfectly legal right now. You just go to an anti aging clinic and you're good to go, right? No big deal. Um, it's, it's just weird. I just watched sting go through two tables this week, right? On <laughs> yeah. two, on two, two separate, on two non-consecutive occasions. So yeah. crazy things. Were going on. By the way, the, the, his son, David San Martino found plenty of the chem, the, 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 <laughs> the uh, physique altering chemicals, which was yes. bone of contention. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And if anybody knows their way around that type of stuff, it's Mr. I'm on two strikes Orton. And that's my yeah. guy. Oh, but, yeah. He'd been, mean, on, he'd been on two strikes since 2009, just kind of <laughs> right. walking that razor's edge to that third strike the whole time. He's been fouling yeah. off balls, staying in the staying at the at bat. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you give know, him credit. He knows how to stretch out that at bat and not, <laughs> not get knocked out. He, yeah, you know, it's like the, the thing if, if you're a star and people like you, you tend to get away with a lot. And Randy Orton is certainly that guy. You know, so funny is I, I saw him for the first time in 2002 before he ever debuted on TV. Because I think he debuted after WrestleMania a little bit later that year. Um, but I saw him in a match against Christian in a, at a house show. Uh, also on that uh, on that show was uh, before he ever made it to TV was Brock Lesnar versus Mr. Oh, wow. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so uh, Springfield, Missouri back in the day. As long as we're comparing sizes, uh, 2002, <laughs> I was at the uh, the Cena Batista debut, bo- uh, double debut, and a, oh, nice. a SmackDown from I believe it was June, yeah, right around probably sometime around this week, wow. June of 2002, 21 years ago. Now I have to go die because I'm old. All right, all right, all right. Since we're since we're in the contest, let me. Okay, I, okay. I was in Richmond for Kevin Owens' debut against John oh, Cena. That's a good one. That hey, was that, good, that I, I remember that. That was good stuff. That was, yeah, that was that great. Was a very good one. Um, well, let's go ahead and run down the card real quick. And I just want to get Scott's thoughts because Scott is a WWE expert. He hosts the rap with uh, Kayla Cash uh, every Sunday night. I think it drops on what Monday mornings usually. That's right. Yeah, it drops Monday mornings right here on the Fight Game Media Network. So we got the main event. We got Roman Reigns and uh, Solo Sokoa versus the Usos. This is going to be heated. This is inc- insane. Uh, the crowd heat is going to be off the charts. Um, uh, the Usos are going to be cheered. The Bloodline, uh, I guess whatever's left of the Bloodline, Roman Reigns and Sokoa, they're going to be cheered and booed at the same time. Uh, Scott, who do you think is going to take this one? This is so – I've really gone back and forth because they've already established that Solo will lose because he's he's taken multiple losses as it is. So they'll establish he loses – it's hard for me to see Roman losing two matches in a row, regardless yeah. of whether Solo takes the pin. It's hard for me to see him losing two matches in a row. But then again, Jay Uso is in the match, and that is the, the that is the the story that is really here. Jay versus Roman. That's where this whole thing started, and I think that's where this whole thing is building to is that singles match. I'm I'm gonna say Jay Uso pins Roman Reigns in London. Oh man, that I think that I think that's a pretty hot take. I will come on your show and I will sing your praises and I will admit that I am wrong, but I have it, never on, been so certain of anything in my life that that will not happen. 
Okay, Scott, this that was at 1830 of this episode, so we'll go ahead Mark, and write that no, down. No, we're telling Jeremy to clip this whole thing for YouTube. It's gonna, This is going to live on. I will come on and admit my – and I will watch Raw for a month. Whoa. Oh, shit. Whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You heard me. Well, you heard hey, me. hey, hold on. Hold we on. raised since, the stakes a little bit. Oh, since we're going crazy, let's, let's, <laughs> let me see how confident you really are. I'm let, me get, let me get two weeks of NXT. Oh, Whoa. come on. That, oh, hey, they just took the greens off the show, right? <laughs> come on now. Uh, yeah. All right, you got me. You got one month of Raw, two weeks of NXT if that wow. happens. Oh, wow. But you gotta wow. you gotta put something up now, too. Yeah, what what are you putting up? Scott? What are your stakes? <laughs> Listen, you you tell me. You tell me what is equivalent okay, okay. to you watching a month of Raw and two weeks of NXT. Four weeks of impact. <laughs> no, and, and and hold on, hold and and you have to jump on for the Slammiversary post show with me. Oh, yeah, that's good, Mike. Nice job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in there. Oh, we got the, we got a, the deal is we set. We got a bet. Let's do it. We got the deal bet. is set. Deal. Hey, don't, hey, Jeremy, hey, you got your clip. You got yeah, your you clip got right clip. here. <laughs> hey, don't don't worry about paying for Slammiversary. I got you. Anyway, um... <laughs> my man, <laughs> we're talk, talking about. We're gonna have a talk about ratings and stuff and, and yeah. terrestrial television in the year of our Lord 2023, yeah. and why guys like Mike are the problem. But we'll continue. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got men's money in the bank. Um, we got uh, uh, L.A. Knight. Uh, his name is Eli Drake to you Impact fans out there. Um, we got Logan Paul, Santos Escobar, Butch, who is uh, Pete Dunn. Uh, they need to change the name already. What the hell? Uh, da- Damian Priest, Ricochet, and Shinsuke Nakamura. I got to say, L.A. Knight is the, the heavy favorite. And um, I-, I found that a bit odd because I thought he lost a lot on TV. So I went ahead and I did my best stat nerd Joe impression. And my cousin Joe, he's the big stat nerd. And I went to a cage match for the first time in a long time just to see like how he's been doing on television because WWE, they have this pattern where they like to beat guys and then they give them like, they get them to win like a title match or a title shot opportunity. Well, he's actually three and three and two in his last five televised matches. And he just beat Ray Mysterio. He's actually not doing that bad. I thought I, I guess for whatever reason, I thought that he had been losing a lot, but that's actually not that bad. So LA Knight's a big heavy favorite, man. Who do you got in this one, Scott? (sighs) So I think there's a real story with Logan Paul holding that money in the bank money in the bank briefcase over Seth Rollins. They got the story back from WrestleMania. Um, he's the most over guy as far as babyface goes in the company right now, uh, besides outside of Roman Reigns. And I think Logan Paul having that briefcase and just the thought of him possibly winning that title just would disgust people in so mm-hmm. many ways. And I I really like that. So I I think I'm going with Logan Paul. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I think you're right about that, and I think that they would be wise to do it. And nothing against L.A. Knight. The guy has proved me wrong. I'll, I'll say it at 2150 of the show. Uh, I thought that he was done. I thought he was going to get fired. He is a one-note joke. I don't really find him all that interesting. I didn't like him when he was Eli Drake. Um, in fact, I celebrated when he got fired from Impact, oh, wow. even though I did, even though I felt like he was right. And I'll tell you why he got fired from Impact. If people don't remember, in 2019, Impact decided without telling him, and they knew his stance on this, he was uncomfortable doing intergender matches, but they promoted a match with him and Tessa Blanchard in 2019 before the whole Tessa fiasco happened. They promoted the match online and tagged him in it, saying he was going to wrestle Tessa at this upcoming TV taping. 
And he quote tweeted him. He's like, hey, guys, uh, I'm not doing that. I don't do intergender, but I'll wrestle anybody on the card. And Tessa's a fantastic worker. And then they immediately fired him for bashing the company in public. I was on his side for that because if if he feels uncomfortable doing something, you shouldn't put him on blast like that in public. He was right in that situation, although I'm not a big fan of his work. So I, I'm happy for him to see that he's actually doing well because that was a shitty situation that he's overcome. And he's come out way better on the other side because he he, has, he escaped a really bad situation there. Um, so I, I, I am excited for him, even though I'm not a big fan of his work. I see him doing big things. Uh, he, the guy is over. You got to give it, give him credit, man. The guy is really over. One thing I'll say is that basically he is ba- LA Knight has just imported the Eli Drake character, right? Like yeah. he's pretty much the same dude. He was an impact where he was not really a top guy, like kind of always hung around the top. And he was there for what, four or five years. Like he was an impact for yeah. a while. And yeah. to say that he would go, when he would show up in, in NXT, people were like, really Eli Drake. In mm-hmm. NXT, weird. And I, now to see where he's at. Guys. Yeah, I, I mean, to see that he was able to succeed just being himself is a, a, like a million to one story that I don't think gets enough credit for the fact that he was able to literally just kind of do his thing that he'd been doing in NXT, or excuse me, in Impact for years and bring it to WWE main roster and, and become one of their biggest stars. Like that's, you have to give the guy credit. And no, I agree with you. I've never been a big fan of of LA night, Eli Drake's work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next we got the women's money in the bank. We got Selena Vega, Becky, uh, Zoe Stark, Bailey, EO sky and Trish Stratus. So I guess my question, why is Trish Stratus in a ladder match at this stage of her career? What the hell are they trying to do here? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's, and it was Zoe Stark's in the match. So she'll take all the bumps. I, you know, I, I'm see, this is where I don't think the legend needs the belt. I don't think Trish Stratus needs the, the, the briefcase here. This is actually where I really think that big upset might happen. I think somebody like Zelina Vega could win this briefcase because everybody kind of counters each other out. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bailey and EO sky, they kind of cancel each other out. Zoe Stark, Trish and Becky. I see them canceling each other out. It really just leaves Zelina Vega and, She's they've been, they've kind of been giving her a little push with her having that match with Rhea Ripley. The LWO is over. She's somebody who can lose. They've been really been pushing and harping on every woman who has cashed in has been successful. Whenever WWE starts harping and really pushing something home like that, the opposite is about to happen. So I think this could be the big upset. Zelina Vega wins the briefcase. Here's a question. Uh, that's interesting. I'd be shocked with that. Go ahead, JD. Uh, I'm with you on that, Mike. Here's a question. What is the purpose? Now, maybe I'm just so out of WWE loop that I, for me, I'm struggling with this. What is the purpose of the Money in the Bank briefcase? Is it just a crutch or is it literally to set up a legit contender, right? And is Zelina Vega, like, because you got some top performers in this match. Mm-hmm. Is Are we ever going to see Zelina Vega on that level? So I, I don't think so. And I, I do feel like this year it is more of just a, a kind of a, a, a prop match, a match to, hey, we'll give Zelina Vega this big win. We're going to set her up to get fed to Rhea Ripley. And that, that, that's mm-hmm. just what I what I see coming for, because I I don't think I don't see Trish winning because I don't see Trish going after Rhea Ripley or Asuka. I don't see that match happening. Becky Lynch you could do something like that where she wins the briefcase and then she calls her shot and does something against Rhea. 
but I don't see that happening. EO Sky and Bailey, I, I just see them canceling each other out and setting up a big match at SummerSlam. So for me, it's just kind of a process of elimination. And Zelina Vega is the last person left standing. And I agree with you, JD. That's not what the money in the bank should be. Like Liv Morgan won last year, and I feel like she was elevated because of that. I don't see Zelina Vega getting that same type of elevation with this. Mike, to answer your other question, this is what we do in all of wrestling now. We put old people in dangerous matches to see if they die. And it's <laughs> yes. and here's and we're gonna talk, we'll go and dip with this later. Yeah. Uh I don't have a problem with it. It entertains no. me. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, they they're yeah. adults. If they if Kenny Omega wants to get dropped on his neck in a 91 Tiger Driver, fine by me. My yeah. neck feels fine. Yeah, is, right. Is Trish yeah. falling off a ladder? There's a good oh, chance. I- yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully not falling on her front. I hope not. That that could be a could be a little dangerous. But hopefully on the back. Uh, yeah, she'll be protected. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> she's got some cushion there. <laughs> oh man, we're all I just get got canceled. Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, all right. Next, uh, we got the uh, WWE uh, World Bronze Title Match. Um, <laughs> that the, the uh, <laughs> Seth Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, why, listen, Sorry. why why are yeah. you coming at the intergalactic portal? Why are you coming yeah. at that man's intergalactic portal? If he wants to jump to a different dimension, all he's got to do is walk through his belt. Why are you knocking that man? I, I'm just saying, look, Seth Rollins is a top-tier performer, but he's got a third-rate title belt because the first two championships are still being held by Roman Reigns. That's all that I'm saying. If you, know, does, you know how you know <laughs> it's get technical. Rate? It's like his fourth. He's actually fourth because Roman's got three belts, so... That's true. Oh, they that's gave him another right. belt just because they're like, fuck it, here, I have another belt. Um, to be fair, you know how you know it's a third-rate belt? Because Seth told you it was a third-rate belt in media interviews. Yeah. Like, I never saw yeah. two guys less – like, him and AJ are both like, yeah, this fucking thing, who cares? <laughs> right? It's like that first TNA, Mike. Remember that? When they were, like, mm-hmm. all burying the Battle Royal before the match happened? They were like, yeah, yeah. this match is fucking dumb. Like, same thing with this bronze – we should just call it the bronze title. I really like uh, that. that. That's, no, that's d- great. JD, you saw the notes. You could see it clearly. Bronze title match: no. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. No, I like. It. I want to make that. A, I want to make that a thing. Like that's that's really good. Hey, I think that since, be it. Since we got uh, Scott on the show, this is gonna uh, man. He might actually get more worked up than I was earlier. I uh, I used Not to possible. call. I, I used to call the. <laughs> I used to call LeBron James LeBron's James before he right, won the title. All right, all right, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, Before he went with the a before he went to the Heat, the Cavaliers would always be like second place typically. But LeBron, that's a that's a great name. Battle. But I always call LeBron. LeBron's funnier. Yeah, yeah, funny. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not. laughs> I see, I see what's yeah. going on here. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm gonna stay salty. I'm not gonna get fired yeah. up. Won't be fired up, Scott. I'm gonna stay salty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, who, I mean, Seth, Seth's gonna win that one, right? <laughs> you, you would think, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Seth Rollins wins. Um, I thought the. I just want to say the. They've done a great job with Finn Balor these last couple of weeks. I wish they would have taken more care of him the last two months, like they've done mm-hmm. these last couple of weeks. But yeah, Seth Rollins will win. They'll have a good match, and um, hopefully, Rollins can move on to a bigger name to defeat for this title instead of names who everybody else beats to. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what WWE's always done: is they heat guys up so they get some steam on them just before the match. I mean, it's not like Vince Senior mm-hmm. used to book where you spend months building up the next challenger. You know, they just they just don't do that and haven't for quite some time. So it's I mean, like, and you have to establish because you 
Steph has to be the greatest world champion ever. He needs more than a month before Michael Cole can start calling him that when he comes out with the bronze title. <laughs> so you have to have, so it has to, he has to win at least a few of these things. Scott, who is that guy? Who do you put Seth? Who's interesting? Like who's a guy that he hasn't worked with a million times. You could actually program Seth with to make these matches interesting for this bronze belt. So I think double for me, <laughs> yo, <laughs> the double B is not bad though. See, the, I, can I, know, the I like, I like that. Actually. <laughs> um, so for me, I feel like I'm in a holding pattern because I think the only big name that you have left that's not a Roman Reigns is Drew McIntyre. Like, I feel like yeah. Drew McIntyre is the one guy who can come back and be a serious threat and somebody you could be like, yeah, I could see him beating Seth. I could see mm-hmm. them getting behind Drew and really uh, beating Seth Rollins and having a good run. Because let's be honest, I think Drew is, is the, I think Drew is owed a nice title win in front of people. He did a great yeah. job carrying the company during that pandemic. I thought he was fantastic as a champion and not necessarily owed, but I, I think he's a good enough star where if he got the win now, I think people would fully embrace it, whether he was heel or babyface. So he's mm-hmm. somebody who I think is on that level where you he can really bring some validity to that title. So we can try Gun- to at least get it to the silver. What yeah. about Gunther? And that's who I was going to ask about because we, we were talking about, you know, we got the, we're going to talk to IC title match next. So if, if Riddle beats Gunther, they get that title off of him. Could you see him getting elevated to a program with Seth? So I, I hate that WWE does this, you know, that they, that he has to take this loss and then move up because if Gunther, if Gunther moves up, I don't, like, I don't want him to lose. Like I, if he, if he goes after the title, I, I want him to win and have another mm-hmm. reign just like this. Like well, I, and that's but that's why you have Orton fuck him out of the title, right? I mean, you just it, it's easier that way. Orton comes in, bang, uh, you know, diamond cutter, RKO. Sorry, diamond cutter. I'm old. diamond cutter. R- my R- man. RK, <laughs> RKO, RKO, RKO on Imperium while the ref is down. You know, there's going to be a ref bump a couple in this in this show, and then boom, RKO on Gunther. Matt Riddle gets the victory, and then and then you set up your next program between Orton and Riddle, and then you move Gunther up to Seth. I I I, I, I could see something like that happening. Hit him with the ace crusher. Yes. Yeah. The ace, ace crusher. crusher. Um, <laughs> Laurinaitis, that guy, that douchebag. Um, listen, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. And that is absolutely something WWE would do. That's I just WWE one-on-one book. Yeah. I just, I just wish there was a way around it where like Gunther was like, look, let me, let me trade in my title for a title shot or something. But like, I just don't like the fact that he has to lose to move up to the title and mm-hmm. I, cause I don't think he'll win like right now, if no. he were, if he were to happen and I want him to, whenever he does go after that title, I feel like it needs to be a one shot done deal. He needs to win the title. You know what the greatest concept TNA ever gave us was option C loved it. I, I, I disagree. Oh, well, go. Well, yeah. Well, you know, because I, I, I was oh, still push the button, upset. push the button, push the oh, button. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me. I gotta find the button. Hold on, Scott. Just you stand were going by. that one. JD, JD, stand by. We got yelled at for one. not pushing the button. Brace for debate. <laughs> I, 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 I disagree because I think that it downgrades the title that you have in that you're, that you're currently holding. If you go and then trade it in for another title, we saw it last year. We had the same debate. Uh, and I think you were on my side when when Frankie when Frankie Speedball last year, right? He beat Speedball, and then he immediately cashed it in for a shot at the world title. Now, if you if you now in this case with Gunther, right? It's a little bit different. You could say he's cleaned out the division. 
and now he's been moved up, right? So if you clean out the division to where you have no opponents, I also think that makes your division look kind of weak if you do that, right? So, and plus the IC, there is no IC division. So it's weird. With Impact, there's the X division where you have like a certain style of wrestler. Uh, and same thing with the junior heavyweight in the IWGP junior heavyweight in Japan, right? Like you, you, you're, you're the junior heavyweight champion for a while. You clean out that division. And then when you're ready to be elevated up to the, to the heavyweight, then you don't really chart change in your title, but you just kind of, you lose the title and then you go up to the heavyweight division and you work your way back up. But I, I just don't see WWE having the foresight to, to do something like that. So I, I just think that if he traded it in like the ultimate warrior did whenever he defeated Hulk Hogan back in 1990, um, I think that the title was downgraded for the next two years, really until Bret Hart won it in 92. Uh, again, me showing my age. Oh, I again, we're about the same age, so I don't disagree with that. But the here's the thing is like there is no division in W. There is no intercontinental division. That, it's all the yes, men's heavyweight division. And yeah. for the intercontinental title's existence, since the moment Pat Patterson pretended to win a tournament in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, <laughs> it's been it's been a mid-card title. So yeah. I mean, by its own definition, it's it's less than, right? Yeah. And you and I both love the X division, but the X division from the get go has been less than the world heavyweight title by design because the world heavyweight title should be the crown jewel. And here we are talking about the bronze title. So, you know, it should be, <laughs> it should be the crown jewel yeah. of the promotion. So having a series of successful defenses and giving you the option to elevate and move up, I think is a good move. And I think it was something smart that TNA did not always to the best of their ability because you know TNA, but I think the yeah. concept is great. And I'll tell you, I was I was there in 2021 when Josh uh, when Josh cashed in and went out and did option C. The crowd went nuts, right? Because uh, that was you know what they, that was the guy they built up and they elevated. And he was against a TNA legend in Christian Cage. So mm -hmm. I mean, that was a big moment down there. I mean, I wish I could say I felt it, but there was like 37 people in the studio. So I mean, like <laughs> it was as big as it could yeah. have been in 2021. Yeah. But it did seem like it was big on TV. So it when did. Josh did it, I think it worked. I just I didn't like the way they did it with Frankie, especially when Frankie won it, um, and, and then he did option C, relinquishing his title that same night. Bobby Fish just went to the ring and asked if he could have a title shot, and he got one. So I was like, you didn't need to do that, dummy. You didn't need to give up your title for that. Um, so, but if if they if they do a storyline where Gunther wants a shot at the at the heavyweight title, and then Adam Pierce uh, is like. Well, in order to do this, this is what you have to do. And if he's willing to do that, I, I think that story could work. Maybe for, for first off, I just want to say Adam Pierce sucks. Just just throwing that out there. You'll show like, fired. You will you will put respect on the former National Wrestling Alliance World Heavyweight Champion, <laughs> sir. Listen, they have this dude looking like an imbecile out there. He's he, he serves no purpose. Mm -hmm. His role is yeah. he serves no purpose. The job of a there. WWE yes. authority figure, not <laughs> named McMahon, is to look stupid. He serves yeah. no purpose. Um so Speaking about that, the mid-card title and cashing in and all that, I actually really like what NWA does. This will probably be the only good thing you hear about. Get off say, the NWA. show. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But they with their t with their television title, don't they have? Isn't there like a certain amount of title defenses they have, and then you can you get a world title shot? Brother, I have no fucking clue. I was going to say, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm, watching I, the I'm, I'm pretty sure that okay. if, you, if you defend the television title, like six or seven, something, one, some random number, whatever it may be, right. 
you get you get you get the the tie the, the world title shot. I I think that's something that you could incorporate into it. You could, but I think when you do that, you back yourself into a corner because now you you're kind of beholden to that, right? And you have to you have to stick to it. It's kind of like the way I always felt about the rankings in AEW. I was just like, mm. if you don't stick to those rankings, then they no longer matter. And we saw what happened. They no longer matter. Um, and it just became a fodder for online debate. That's really it was, all that it is. Because they paint you into a yeah. box. It stops you yeah. from being able to tell stories, right? Yeah. You need to have you need to have a guy who's dead to do those rankings. Right. And even Bill Watts's rankings were stupid too. When they did them in mid South, like you need to have someone who's like, okay, this is our A story. This is our B story. This is our C story. Mm-hmm. This guy has to be ranked this. This guy has to be ranked that, which when you're doing that means that no rankings can really move for like a month. Right. right. It's too hard. It's too, not too hard, but it's too difficult to do that. When um, I think you're a control freak, like Tony Khan, who doesn't let other people do things. <clears throat> yeah. Yep, uh, I totally agree. So, uh, are we all in agreement that um, that Gunther will most likely retain over Matt Riddle, or do we see an yes. upset here? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Gunther. Okay, and then women's tag title, we got uh, Ronda and Shayna. So they're the unified <sighs> women's tag team champions, right? Oh my god! And they're taking on uh, Liv Morgan and uh, and uh, Raquel. Is it Gonzalez now? Wasn't it a different name before when she was on NXT? Rodriguez. Rodriguez, yeah, yeah. I almost called her Raquel Welch, but uh, again, no, it's a 1960s joke. Anyway, (laughs) different. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, Ronda and Shane are gonna beat the shit out of these girls, right? Yeah, I I, I think so. I'm, (laughs) you know, I, I, it's a little too little, too late. Sorry, Ronda. Mm -hmm. I just I don't care about what you got going on right now. I'm happy for Shayna. I'm glad she's getting some love, but don't really care about what Ronda got going on. I got to be honest. I saw the finish that match, and I thought to myself, "That looks cool." Like, I thought the there finish looked all right. Team finish. Oh, yeah. oh the yeah, finish was cool. the finish was real cool. It just didn't need to happen. Like, I don't why, know why. Why did you need Here's to tap the... them both out at the same time? In the <laughs> yeah, that's ultimate. People talk about yeah. Barry. They're like, "That guy's like, buried." What? That guy, they might have actually been buried on my national television. <laughs> yeah. that was, yeah. That's pretty bad when you get a double submission. Yeah. Here's the question. Why did they need those NXT titles? One on the main roster, two with Ronda and Shayna. How does I know they're trying to because they get sometimes they feel like sometimes and because again, this the mercutial Vince McMahon. Sometimes NXT is super important, sometimes it's garbage shit that nobody cares about, and sometimes it's got to be really important again. So I mean, I'm just I can never tell. I should ask, I should say that to Mac to our buddy Mask sometime. I think he would get a kick out of that. Um <laughs> I can never tell what he wants to do with these things. Like what is having, are are they, they're probably going to show up on NXT one time in two months with those belts. Like what does that, what does that do? Nothing. Oh, okay. Hey, listen, Mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and tell you, it it won't do a God daggone thing because Ronda's not going to get pinned. Whenever they lose, it's not like Ronda's going to take the pin. Shane's absolutely going to take that L. Slam yeah. in the middle of the ring. She's gonna get yeah. pinned by a Lash Legend at some point or something like that <laughs> to lose the NXT. That, title. You know what? I'm trying I, to think I of the worst for watched... second pick up. <laughs> I, so the wrestling Lash Legend this coming up Tuesday, right? Are Is they? I just made that. I just pulled it out of my. I made that no, up. I are think they really going to wrestle soon? No, I don't. I, if if she is, I haven't seen that advertisement, and that'll oh, be something I, I'm going to let Keela watch. Shout out to I Keela think... Cash. I that think Dave cute. and Brian were talking about it on Wrestling Observer Radio, so they were talking about that match. They believe that's going to happen. So, because uh, Lash Legend has a tag team partner, 
yes. and they're 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 prepping for a match with the Ronda and Shayna because they are trying to incorporate many main roster stars. We just saw, you know, Braun Breaker just wrestled Seth Rollins, right? We just saw Baron Baron Corbin just wrestled Carmelo Hayes, mm -hmm. and uh, so they're they're going to continue to bring these these stars from the main roster and put them on NXT television, and I think Ronda and Shane are going to be part of that. Well, good luck to and I. <laughs> I can't imagine Rhonda working with some of these young ladies who are brand new to the business. <laughs> and like, yeah. that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I, I can't imagine how this is going to go. I actually want to watch that. To be honest with I, you. I, I like, do too. A, yeah. The Bruiser Brody fan of me, like, you know, this could be interesting. She's going to start <laughs> tossing these girls around for real. I, I yeah. think I want to see that. Actually. I'm, I may watch NXT. If that happens this week, I think I'm going to watch NXT on purpose. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Uh but hey Scott man, we really appreciate you coming on and doing the money in the bank preview. Uh why don't you uh drop your Twitter handle and tell us about the rap? I appreciate it. Love coming on the number one ranked show on Fight Game. Let me just throw that out there. Hey. Top top yes, show Mike on and, Fight Game. Mike and JD, yeah. we thank you for yeah. being on our show today. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, feel no feel question. Free. You you guys are <laughs> absolutely the number one show on the network. So I'm I'm happy to be here. You can find me on Twitter at knee 4 Marvelverse DC. That's the number four. Uh, every time I do a show with JD, I'm always going to give JD love. He brought me into the network. So shout out to you, my man, Mike, shout out to you. You guys do a great job here. Uh, shout out to my, my, my captain. Oh, captain Keela cash. He does a great job steering the ship. Uh, we got a lot of hours to watch. She does a great job picking out the, the right stuff to talk about and the right stuff to bash WWE about. So, uh, check us out every Monday, all your WWE news, like you, like Mike said, nobody wants to watch seven hours, but we do it for you. So check us out. There you go. And you guys will be doing a Money in the Bank review this week, I assume. Yes, we will be reviewing awesome. Money in the Bank uh, whenever we get a chance since they decide to do their shows at 3 o'clock. I'll be at work, but whenever <laughs> I get off, we'll, we'll, we'll get right to that review and we'll have that up and ready for everybody. Awesome, man. Well, everybody check out the wrap this weekend. Uh, Scott, we're going to go and let you go. And JD and I are going to kick into some AEW talk topics. All right, brother. Take care. Take Appreciate y'all. That's All right, that was WWE fun. Yeah, that no, I, I I think it's important uh to bring on a WWE voice every now and then because yes, sir. AEW tends to dominate our our show and so I like to bring in uh different voices. I like I like Salty Scott coming on. And I like Scotty e. Wrestling coming on talking Joshi. I, I like all that stuff. I like to bring on Justin talking nipper or Justin talking nipper, Justin talking, talking nipper. <laughs> <laughs> um but Just hey, before before we nipper. Before we get into the rest of the show, I was so fired up. I forgot how I was going to start the show. And then Scott jumped in. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Mel Gray, a host oh, yeah. of the Power Bombshells, and her husband, Bob. Bob, they braved, yeah. They, they braved a huge trip to Toronto this past weekend. They went to go see uh, AEW and New Japan Forbidden Door. And they listened to our show. They listened to the Black Scorpion episode, which you can find right now. On patreon.com slash fight game media. I was very proud of that episode. Uh, they loved it and they turned and Mel turned her husband Bob into a big fan of ours. So big shout out, Bob. We're fans of Bob now. Big Bob fans, big Bob Marks. I'd also like to give a shout out to our good buddy John Muse, who got hit in the face with a water bottle this week. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely hates all the attention that he's getting for it. And I know he's gonna listen, yeah. so I want to make sure to shine a spotlight one more time <laughs> on our good buddy John, well, who got hit in the face yeah. with a water bottle. Yeah, so let's tell that story. I don't want to dwell on it too much. Um, but let's, so John was John was at Forbidden Door, 
And he was actually at Collision the night before. He did the whole weekend there with, in Toronto with AEW. And he got invited to the press uh, conference afterwards. Um, you know, he's, you know, John, John's a pretty well-known guy. He got invited to the press conference afterwards. And he's just sitting there minding his own business, getting ready to, to ask a question to Sting. I assume he was going to ask about the Black Scorpion. If not, he and I got heat. But um, he was, I think he was going to get ready to ask a question to Sting. And then Chris Jericho runs an angle throws a water bottle up in the air, hits it with a baseball bat towards the media, and it smacks John in the face, busting him wide open. Busting him wide open. See, John was going to ask Sting if he also, <laughs> like Mike and JD, believe that Eddie Gilbert should have been the Black yeah. Scorpion. But before we had a chance, that turncoat Judas bastard Chris Jericho, somehow, <laughs> I didn't even see that. I, was, I had the audio on when I was driving home, smashed something in a water bottle, hit him in the face, and actually actually split him open. So he, he giggled like Moxley at the press conference. He did, but you know what he didn't do? He didn't quit. He stayed there. He got oh, he his questions there. in. Didn't sell it. Yeah. Either. He stayed there. Like a champ. John's, John's tough. Yeah. yeah old school, tough. old school. Definitely. You know, there honestly, and uh, this is where John should tune out. They were really lucky that it was John and he is old school. Cause I think they could have gotten a lot of trouble for that. Had it been somebody else. Had it been one of these newer media kids. You know what I mean? 100. I, I, there was some, I'm not going to name names. There was somebody that said, if I was me, I'd have thrown myself on the floor and, and really sold yeah. it. And I'm like, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah I bet you would have. I bet you would have. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, but yeah, that's the, they gotta, they gotta be careful with this stuff, man. I mean, they're lucky. They do. Was, they're lucky it was John. And, and I, and so they're trying to do, so, Originally, the press conferences after the shows, they were it looked like they were modeled after UFC press conferences because Tony Khan is a big fan of Dana White. And he likes to do the Dana would always do the one on one scrums and he'd bring the talent and he would sit there while the talent would come in and out. That's that's how he modeled it afterwards. Now it's kind of evolved into the New Japan style where the the media, the media is kind of now they're in on the joke. When mm-hmm. before it was like a legitimate sports press conference, like you would get at a UFC. Like if you watch some of those um, press conferences after the pay per views with Dana White afterwards, and you compare them to what Tony Khan was doing originally, they're identical the way that they were set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and but now it is very much like a New Japan type uh, press conference where Bruiser Brody would come in and say, "Write that down, Fumi Saito," which is a uh, you know another top show here on Fight Game Media Network. Um, and so. I, you know what? I'm not interested in that type of stuff. I, um, ever since, ever since they kind of veered into that stuff, the only time I watched the press conference was when CM Punk went nuclear. I'm like, well, this is interesting. So I watched that part. Um, but if they're going to continue to work angles and stuff like that, and I don't know, and then they put my friend in danger, I'm not really happy about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else yeah. to say. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, uh, it's stupid. They're not, I guess I just listen to them out of habit now. Just had something to listen to on the way home, but yeah. like they take forever going. There's rarely, honestly, I thought Tony Storms was probably the most entertaining. Danielson came off really well on his. He does a good job um, bridging that kayfabe reality line. Like he'll he slips in and out of it pretty pretty effortlessly. So I like hearing that. And we learned Will Osprey didn't know the meaning of the word elevate, which entertained. <laughs> Entertained yeah. the absolute hell out of me. So, you know, I, I think ch- there's a lot of words he doesn't know the meaning to. I have a feeling that might be the case. But I got a text from John <laughs> in the middle of in the middle of press. He goes, I got hit in the face. I'm bleeding. And I was, you got what? You got what? Huh? <laughs> like, I, it took me 20 minutes to process what the hell he was talking about. Like, yeah. it's just a, it's crazy when I, your friends become part of the news. 
I know. I did try to talk him into coming on the show wearing a neck brace, but uh, he was busy tonight. <laughs> but I thought that would have been a funny bit, you know. And I and I, 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 we haven't talked to John about this too much, but I get the feeling like him and Jericho were square after that was over. You know, they probably, uh, they probably chatted I can, a little bit. So. I can tell you for a fact that Jericho and him are on good terms. Yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, I mean they're they're lucky that John's such a cool dude because that really could have got out of hand pretty quickly. Honest to God, if they'd have hit like one of these local DJs or something like that, or was on one of these shows or some scumbag that's just looking to make a buck, like mm-hmm. God forbid Ryan Satin was there, I yell Barry Ryan Satin because it's fun. Oh, yeah. like that guy would have sued absolutely. Like, yeah, oh, they got to yeah. re- they yeah. really got to think about this. The days, and again, I love talking about the '80s and old school, but the days of Brody running into the crowd swinging his chain are just are over, man, for <laughs> yeah, good reason. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that stuff anymore. No. So, you know, so I I know for a fact John loved Forbidden Door despite the press conference stuff. What what did you think for uh, about Forbidden Door? I really enjoyed it. Did I loved it. How does it how did it stack up against last year's Forbidden Door for you? Okay, for me, I have a different experience because I was in the arena. I was at the show. Oh, gotcha. And yeah. I took my kid. I think that was the first show my kid no, it was the second show he ever went to, his first pay-per-view. So, like for me, that's special right yeah um mm-hmm. so that show is going to be better for me because it's always better when you're in the arena but i mean i yeah. said we me and the kid have a tradition now we go to the movie theater we get the big big bucket of popcorn and we treat it like going to the movies and he he has fun right and i thought it was an excellent show um i think putting danielson and okada on might have been a mistake but who knew i mean we all knew okada we knew new osprey and omega a lot of o's on this show we all knew osprey yeah. and omega was going to be a great match but i don't think anybody thought mm-hmm. it was going to be the classic that it turned out to be right i don't think anybody knew it was going to yeah. be that good um it's not like one of my favorite matches of all time so i mean it's an yeah. unenviable task and the brian davis was the toughest human being in the world broke his arm and kept going yeah you know and i think that probably uh, made that match end on a whimper and i wasn't a fan of okada submitting and maybe that's just because i'm just an okada mark i guess i thought it was that. awesome i thought I, it was I great because really it was unexpected yeah, I, I, I didn't expect it and I didn't want it. Right. It's like it's like I was fine with a pinfall. And maybe that's just me being like way too marky mark, you know, in the funky bunch there. Like I'm just like, I don't want to see New Japan's top star losing to the fourth top star in AEW via submission oh, on the well, big show. That's just me being that's just me the, being me reading way too Brian much. Brian Daniels. I know, man. I know. It's I'm reading way too much into it, but after it was over, I was just like, I wouldn't have done the submission. Pinfall, yeah submission he doesn't really submit to people i just i, I think that's why i don't I know and uh, you're you, you might be right i i felt like the air had been taken out of that match anyway already and and then when he submitted i think there was like what they were kind of confused there by was it. a lot of as, it was a, like, as opposed to like hey this is this big climactic dramatic finish it was just like hey the air got let out of the out of the building because he faked the seizure and then he never really got him back. And then all of a sudden it was just kind of a confusing way to end the match. First of all, that ruled the faking of the seizure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny. awesome. Brian Danielson, people are so cons everyone. I don't know, man. Everyone treats wrestlers like they're care bears, right? Like they just want to see them all warm and cozy. And I get it. We, we, yeah. we like, we like these people. We're friends with these people. Like <laughs> I just want to be entertained. And I thought that boy, what an evil, evil man he is taking advantage <laughs> of everybody's love and care for him and pretending to have a seizure. And then Okada being like, get the fuck away and continuing yeah. to, I'm like, that's pro wrestling, man. That's, if we can't yeah. sell, if guys can't fake injuries in pro wrestling, what are we, what are we doing? What do we got anymore? You're, 
Yeah, you and you got and if you if you can sell one, you might as well use a real one, right? It would be like Steve Austin selling his neck after like a swing and neck breaker. You know what yeah. I mean? Like after his injury. We we lived through that. We cared for him and he would sell his neck every once in a while. Every like, once oh in my a while? gosh, they they attacked Austin's neck and we know what happened to Austin's neck. Same thing with Lesnar. He had diverticulitis, had that surgery. He almost died. And then when they kick him in the stomach, they're there to remind you he almost died because he has diverticulitis, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was fine. I was fine with that. I just, I'm just acknowledging what did happen to the crowd. Oh, it did. So 100%. Even though, even though I'm fine with it, I, I, the people in the audience, they were apparently not fine with it because bunch they were scared. Of, bunch of, yeah, yeah. And then like, I felt like maybe they were a little bit offended by it almost. Although we didn't get too much outrage online. No. I think that if they were truly offended, we'd have got more outrage online. But I did feel like. They lost the crowd and they're never able to pick him back up after that. And then I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Danielson had broken his arm and uh, they just couldn't go the way that they wanted to. So ultimately that was a little bit of a disappointment. Well, it's like a a typical Okada match. They take like you've watched enough Okada matches. They build slow, right? Mm -hmm. Okada, he's like Greg the Hammer Valentine. Starts off real slow. Match gets longer. He gets better. And usually the last like 10 minutes of an Okada match, you're just like, oh my God. But I mean, when when you're wrestling a one-armed man out there, it's, it's hard. And I... I liked the submission because everyone went, whoa, like, I don't, I, I think, I think every match ending with the one, two, three in the big moment, it just feels, it could be a little contrived sometimes. So yeah. sometimes I like that. Like I said, anytime sports creeps its way into wrestling, people get like, whoa, 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 reality. Yeah. I don't want this. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yeah. if it was, a, if it was a UFC fight and you had a submission like that, people would go nuts, but it's wrestling. So we're not trained that way. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm okay with it because we don't see it all the time. And because I think it was, it was his move. It was that modified, uh, omoplata with a, uh, you know, with a tweak. And I thought, Oh, that's really mm-hmm. cool. He turned it up. That's neat. But again, I don't think it was, um, on the whole, what people expected and they had to follow probably what's going to be the match of the year. So I, 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 f- I felt like, and I still feel like, that Okada versus Danielson should have gone on last because yeah. they were going to start off slow because mm-hmm. they had the crowd, they, they they pulled the crowd down with that very, very, very not good Sting and the Darby. And, you know, that was not a good match. It was very sloppy. Uh, they, they, hey, they redeemed themselves a few nights later, by the way. Um, they, they did better. a great job a few nights later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, that match just wasn't very good. And, but when Okada has his match, cause he starts off slow, like the first 15, 20 minutes, they're, they're, they're working, right. They're just having like, they're exchanging holes or doing the stuff they're building to the story. And then you get that last 10 minutes where it's like this sprint of finishers and kickouts and submission attempts and all the Okada different match. things. Yeah. It's an Okada. Ma- they never got into that final gear because of Couldn't. the broken arm. Mm-hmm. So had that broken arm not occurred and had that, um, had the the fake seizure not gone the way they you know differently than what they thought? They thought that fake seizure was absolutely going to get them into the match, and it just turned out it just ended up not working. I think I think we would have had very close to another match of the year candidate. It just didn't work out. Hey, look, you try shit and it doesn't work out sometimes. So you got to try it. Mm-hmm. I have to. I mean, like they, <laughs> here's things they can always have another. Yeah, right. Well, they and I always... hope they. I hope they do. I, think I hope they will. I hope they do. Yeah, I, I hope ha- they do it in. I'd like to see it in the dome. That'd be great. I think. I think there's a good chance that happens. Um, here's the controversial thought. I think that Chris Jericho and those guys in in the semi main made a giant mistake having a match the way they did. Yeah. I think they should have yeah. just done a bunch of Sting Superman spots and let it be the come down match. We didn't need yeah. Sammy Guevara doing the six thirty uh, through a table on the Sting, even if he missed it like it was planned. 
I don't think after the Osprey match we had, they should not have gone out and done that because there's no way they could have matched it. It should have just been look at Sting do cool shit. Look at Naito do Tranquilo. That's sh- that's all it should have been. It should have been the come down match a little bit. And I don't know yeah. if that was egos playing into it, but I think certain people maybe let their ego get in the way of it and maybe didn't want to get upstaged. But I think that's the big mistake of that is they just didn't, they should have just been Sting those cool Superman spots and then let yeah. Danielson and Omega be the big work rate match, right? I think, I think, and I don't blame Tony Khan for this because AEW, the guys have the guys have a lot of leeway on what they do, especially when you're talking about guys like Sting and Chris Jericho. You know, yeah. I just think they played that situation wrong. I, I do too. It didn't really work out the way that they had hoped, but hey, look, shit happens sometimes. Yeah. Hey, uh, um, speaking of which, um, I, I thought... I thought that o- Omega Osprey was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Um, That'd be my favorite match. Yeah, they're but they're getting a lot of attention for a Tiger Driver ninety one. Now, I guess my question to you, JD, is: Will dorks on Twitter make wrestling more safe? They will try every day. <laughs> I mean, like we can't cut promos, right? Can't we? Promos are already bad. If if people are too offensive in their promo, we've are that's bad. We cannot do dangerous moves. We cannot do any. I mean, like, I, these are grown men and women. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with. It. I mean, it's a risk. And like, like they say, guys get hurt doing silly stuff all the time. When I say silly, I mean, didn't John Cena tore his pec on a hip toss, right? Yeah, Vin, Vince McMahon tore his both quads by standing. Yeah, he banged his he banged his leg in the apron trying to get into the ring. <laughs> yeah. Like Triple H tore his quad. He had chemical help with make that possible but he just took a wrong step like major injuries happen for silly reasons all the time mick foley got thrown off a cage 25 years ago this week and basically walked away like wrestling is weird like that like the stuff that that does like we talked about in the black scorpion episode right sting ruptured his patella tendon basically destroyed his whole knee jumping yeah right and it was a routine a routine move yeah, I, I think people are starting to say, well, you know what? It's bad, and then you wind up like Masawa. Yeah, Masawa died from spinal stenosis. That, but they did stuff like that all the time. Like it's yeah. not like Kenny Omega's taken eighty, like is taking a ton of Tiger Driver ninety ones, right? Yeah. Like he he's, works a hard style, but at the same time, you know, it's not something. You, I think that's what makes it great. Is it's not something you do every day. It's something you do once in a great while that makes it really stand. Like the Burning Hammer. Right, like the original yeah. Tiger Driver, you do it once in a while. People go, "Oh my God, that's amazing!" And then you let it go. But everyone's got to be like the safety police, you know. If you watch football and then come to complain about wrestling moves, you're a hypocrite. Football's far more dangerous it, than wrestling. It really comes across as like empty virtue signaling to me. A little bit. It's like, you know, it's these guys are doing dangerous stuff all the time. And look, that tiger driver scared the shit out of me. Me too. I was like, I was like, they just broke Kenny Omega's neck. Now, if Tony Khan made a decision, if if it, it's his company, he's the one that's got putting all the money on the line. If he made the decision to get rid of that move, I'd support it, right? But I'm not going to sit here and pass judgment on these guys. They know what they're doing better than me. I just know it scared the shit out of me. But I'm also not going to take them to task because it's their match, it's their life, it's their career. If they want to do it, I'm fine with them doing it. If they said they didn't want to do it, I'd also be fine with that. Um, if that if that move never occurred in that match, it's still one of the best matches that ever happened. Um, and it was that was a wild, wild spot. Rarely will I I've, I've been watching wrestling my whole life. Rarely have I ever since I've been an adult jump out of my seat 
while watching a wrestling match. And that moment made me jump out of my seat. Turns out it was perfectly fine. Kenny Omega is just fine. He's actually got a match coming up next week. But it scared the shit out of me. So what you're telling me is a wrestler drew a legitimate emotion from you yeah. from perceived danger. Yep. Genius. I mean, there you go. Is the Tiger Driver worse than the 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 Shane Helms Vertebraker? Oh, you know what? I think early Shane Helms Vertebrakers were pretty tough. But then I think by the time that Homicide had taken that move over, uh, when he did it in TNA, when he mm-hmm. did it in Ring of Honor, it looked pretty, the, the gringo killer, right? When he did it in Ring of Honor, I think that one also looked a lot like the Tiger Driver. But by the time he had done it in TNA, I think it was more of a flat back bump, right? And here I am using inside wrestling terms. My <laughs> Like, what an idiot I am. But it, it looked like he We're was doing a wrestling show. Yeah. I know. It looked like he was landing there, landing flat on their back. But yeah, I, I would say, I would say it's very comparable. Now, WWE did ban that move, they right? <laughs> so, so I and and you know what? And I'm I'm fine with them doing that. I'm if like, yep. hey, look, they want to, it's their money. They want to make their wrestling space Fair. more safe. Yeah. I'm okay. I just don't. I just don't want to hear it from the dorks online. But that's the, they banned the pile driver too. Like you know, and the pile driver has been done safely for years because you land in your ass, right? Steve yeah. Austin got hurt on a botched pile driver because like the sit out pile driver is dangerous, right? There's no protection. The regular pile driver, Jerry Lawler never hurt anybody. Paul Orndorff never hurt anybody with the pile driver in real life. Like, but they yeah. haven't had people do pile drivers since the one time freak accident with Steve Austin. So I mean, mm-hmm. like, I think that we kind of. I think people's intentions are good. They want their guy. They, they love these people. They want them to be safe. I'm not a good person. So, I mean, like for me, I'm like, whatever, like yeah. you're going to take like, your live risk. Your, live your life, dude. Yeah. yeah that's kind of what I feel. I mean, like, I'm not going to tell someone in wrestling, like you shouldn't do that. I'm like, well, if you're, Hey man, if you're, I, man, I watched Vic Grimes fall off the ceiling, like going through a gazillion yeah. tables. Like I didn't love it, but I mean, like that's their choice. Right. Yeah. And and I, I feel the same. I feel the same way about Sting. That last yeah. last night's match, the main event was awesome with Sting, and it was a Sting and Darby versus a Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. They totally made up for that match that they had at Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. And Sting getting on top of that ladder, I was scared shitless when he got up on that ladder. Man, sixty four years old, and he dove, and he's supposed to go through two tables, and he only makes one of them. They were kind of far. I thought the whole thing was incredible. It's like, please don't die. Please don't die. And then he didn't die. And I was like, beautiful. That was a masterpiece, sir. You know, what I res- you. you know what I respect? I respect people like, oh, you're, you're you- no, too dangerous, man. You got to play it safe. And a performer going, fuck you. And jumping yeah. off the table. Like, yeah. I, again, it, in my concern with their safety, it's not my job to be. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Same here. But Sting is back. I, I love that match. Love it. God, I love uh, Sting. Great, great stuff. Uh, speaking of back, a uh, little impact talk here. Zach Wentz is back in impact and I'm very happy about that. Look, that guy got himself into trouble and what he did was inexcusable, but at a certain point, you got to let a guy back up. You got to give him a path back to back to success. You got to give him a little bit of dignity. He apologized. He's had a lot of people come to his aid um, and speak great on his behalf He's back in impact. He worked his way back up. I think he learned his lesson. And I think this is a good thing, right? When people fall down and they pick themselves back up and they work themselves back into a job, I'm proud of him. Um, I, I hope it works out for him in impact. Him and Trey, he de- he redebuted tonight on impact. He's back with Trey Miguel. They're going to do the Rascals thing. Um, and they're going to be in that tag team division. I'm very excited for him and I'm happy this is happening. 
when people make mistakes and own up to the mistake and it sounds like a lot of his stuff was things that might have been out of his control to begin with yeah is there a statute of limitations or do we have to just cut them off altogether right yeah and I, don't, I, I can't I can't get with that. I can't I can't do it because I've been, I've been a guy that's made a lot of mistakes and people have taken me back and I'm better for it. We joked about Randy Orton earlier, like, you know, um, that's a guy that's made a lot of mistakes a mm-hmm. lot in a lot of ways. And he has had nothing but chance after chance. Right. Um, I, if the guy has changed and, you know, wants to be better and wants to learn, like we're not talking about David Starr. Right. Right. Like we're talking about a guy who screwed up. Like I, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how the mob, the online mob, handles him. Um, well, so here, here's the thing: the mob's not going to come after him because he's an impact. That's true, right? You know what I mean? If if he were to sign with AEW, you you'd have a giant coalition just coming after him, right? Yes. Um, but because because he's an impact, it's such a low thing. They're not really that worried about it. I'll see you that and raise you a Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. Well, it, they did come after Tessa Blanchard and Impact at the time being stood by her and they immediately gave up on coming after Tessa Blanchard because they couldn't get the company to bend to their will. Right. Um, and then uh, ultimately they were all right because Tessa Blanchard ended up screwing Impact over and they fired her ass anyway. But I mean that. Yeah, I I, I, I do see that. They look, they, they came after Moose. Right. Um, Moose is still there. He just resigned. Um, he just resigned. So they, they have come after them in impact. I have not seen a single, well, there's been a couple people, right. But I haven't really seen a ton of issues with this, uh, with impact, bringing him back. And you know, I'm happy about that. Maybe we're a more evolved society. Maybe we're more nuanced than that. Maybe we understand that people should no, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We're not. I don't, believe, I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, good for him. Good for impact. Uh, look, I'm a big fan of the rascals. I think him and Trey Miguel are a great tag team. So um, hopefully they're going to be heels. Then, uh, are they, is that, they're they're, they're, they're heels. Heel? So, so Trey and Chris Saban, they wrestled tonight and uh, during the match, Zach showed up and they beat down Chris Saban, who's the X division champion. And then uh, I think at the upcoming tapings, they're going to go after the tag team champions. They're going to start a little feud there. And then I think they will be added to the big tag team title match, the slam anniversary which is right now a four way. And I think the rascals would be added to that at some point. So that um, rules. I like it. Yeah. And, and they brought subculture back, right? Uh, Mark Andrews and uh, the other guy and the girl, I can't remember her name. Danny Mo, I think her name is. I think so. Is that her name? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember the other kid's name, but uh, they're, they're a really good tag team. So they, they got some, they got some stuff going on that tag team division and impact. Yeah. So um, should be, should be interesting. Uh, Jacob Fatu. Yeah. Jacob Fatu no-showed several indie shows, including a charity show, and he uh, ended up keeping the cash. Jacob Fatu turns out to be one of the most annoying human beings on the planet. I don't mean him personally. I mean these people that you text them and don't respond. Those are the yes. worst human beings that you're trying to get hold of. You're trying to talk to them, and they look at your text, and they do not respond to you. I hate that. Yeah. I mean, the simple solution is don't book Jacob Fatu. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a big disappointment for me because, like, he's a guy that had trouble when he was a teenager. He got arrested, right? I think he did an armed robbery. Um, uh, and he seemed like he was coming back. He's lived a pretty good life since then. And, look, he's not – I mean, I guess he is committing crimes. If he's taking money from people and he's not following through on his word, um, that's not good. Um, and we'll we'll let that whole thing play out. But it's not a good look for him, and I have high hopes for that guy. There's a reason why he's not in the major companies. 
Yeah. And he's great. He is. I know you people love souls. You people. I know people love like solo Sokoa and the Usos. I think Jacob Fatu, it might be the best one of them all right now. He's really, really good, but there's a reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough, man. Well, I hope he gets his stuff together. Uh, but you know, it's never, never going to get together ever again, apparently. Although I'm, I'm actually a little skeptical of that. Uh, Showbuzz Daily, where we get all of our ratings at, um, they recently uh, called it quits. That's where they were posting uh, daily um, daily ratings, and that's where we got all of our wrestling ratings. And they'd have all the breakdowns between 1849 and 25 to 50 and yada, yada, yada. And they were being inundated by wrestling trolls. I was one of them. Not really a troll. I would ask for the impact ratings because I had a column that was due every Friday. And I was trying to get those numbers, um, but sometimes they uh, impact wouldn't score high enough to be able to get measured. So I didn't get the rating sometimes, but I would uh, send messages to the guy that, that ran that site. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're done. And honestly, I think I'm done with ratings talk altogether. I feel the same way. I think it's time that we retire them mainly because, and they talked about this and I want to mention this because people saw the AEW rating today. Like ratings this week have been really weird. Raw's ratings are phenomenal. Best ratings they've had in three years. AEW's ratings were down this week, but they were number three for the night. And I posted, well, you know, uh, I posted in our discord. I'm like, Hey man, every, you know, AEW is following the trend of linear television where WWE is bucking it. And they're literally the only ones that are bucking it. It is just WWE. Nothing else is. There are numbers that are getting like people like, Oh my God, this collision rating number five. Yeah. Number five for the night. Right. And that you can't even call these average ratings. These are above average ratings for what linear TV is. And Mitch Metcalf, the guy who runs show, but talked about how there's more streamers than there are cable users right now. Right. Mm-hmm. There are more people stream their television. Um, the reason why the P50 numbers are higher is because that's the people that watch cable TV. Right. The people that are like, that's why like, well, like someone on our discord is like, well, you know, Wrestling should have an advantage because it's new every week. I said, yeah, but that's the reason why it's not an advantage because it's there every week. Mm-hmm. Right. It makes wrestling. There's no special. There's not the reason why they load wrestling shows up is to make them special because when something is there every week, you take it for granted. Right. WWE had 20 years of consistent declines. This is the first year they've bucked that trend. It's just them. Give them credit. And I will go to my grave saying their presence on one of the bigger streamers is the reason why. Because they're big shows, which you don't need to watch Raw or SmackDown to follow because they tell you everything before the matches. Smartly, by the way. I'm not criticizing them for that. They tell you the whole story so you're not left out of it. So you don't have to. But I think that's the reason why people are are tuning into these things. There's a reason why Peacock's numbers have increased over the last two years dramatically. And it's coincided with WWE's rise. I mean, like, there's this direct through line. Like, the numbers that they get from these things is 40,000 Nielsen houses in the U.S. right now. 40,000. That's the people who decide things. And the number one show last night on cable was a .25 in in the 18-49 demo. AEW was a .24. They were number three. Almost a statistical tie for number two. That's one house, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, like and we joke was, about so, impact ratings. We joke about the yeah. impact ratings going crazy because yep. it's like one or two houses. Like it's so no- funny. The the impact rating when when I would know it'd be down when our friend Wade 
from 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 North Dakota. He's a Nielsen house. He's like, oh, sorry, man, I didn't watch Impact last night. And then, like magically, you would see a dramatic thirty thousand uh, people person shift from from Impact. There was one time where they were a hundred and like twenty five thousand one week, and then the very next week they were like eighty two thousand. And that was because two people decided not to show up that week. That's it's, really it's what- wild. It's yeah. really what it is. I mean, like, and it's, and there's guys that will keep fighting it and keep saying, well, this is the system. It has been the system, but there's networks. ABC came out and said, yeah, you know, we're not going to pay attention to the Nielsen ratings anymore. Yeah. They said that two years ago, they put a press release out and say, we're not going to make our business decisions based on this. Like it's, it's an antiquated system that doesn't really hold validity. The only thing that draws big consistent ratings is live sports. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's my question to that, because we talked about, I think I, I posted in our discord today, it's like 2.3 million people this year in quarter one of 2023. So not even quoting color two have abandoned cable. Right. So again, this is all best guest estimates. And when the numbers keep shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, the, it's doesn't matter. Like it's, it's all, I want to say it's irrelevant because you can't call it irrelevant, but a lot of people are calling it irrelevant. And I posted something in our BFI chat that showed it was the secret invasion, the new Disney plus Marvel show, most disappointing premiere they've had for a Disney plus show. And I'll, I'll that's it. If you want to listen to my thoughts on that, listen to superhero speak that we'll talk about hey, that a little bit more in detail. Good. Yeah. But I mean, 900,000, 950,000. They said, Oh, what a disappointment. 950,000 people. Viewed it. And th- those are paid viewers, by the way. Yes. And they're disappointed with that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. this well, it's five days, not but that's the thing. Like we talk about overnights. Mike, how often you are a wrestling fan, right? Yes. Huge. How often do you watch wrestling live when it happens? Uh rare. Um, especially now because I'm in the Hawaii time zone, it makes it much more difficult. So um, but it, it is on a rare occasion. Last night I watched AEW and I started watching it at about 7 30 8 o'clock p.m hawaii standard time which is five hours behind you so that's 1 a.m central time this is about when i started to watch that so yeah. your 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 view doesn't count nope and that's well the thing. And, and especially because i used a link to watch it <laughs> me too that, and that's the thing i mean like i i watch on the app like well they can chat your app like well can they really chart my because i don't use you know I'm also a little nefarious in how I watch these things. Like the way media is consumed nowadays is just different. Right. And it was fun in the days when NXT and WWE or, and the AEW were going head to head. But I mean, like the numbers are so small now, nothing last night other than, I think it was Fox news got over a million views or viewers according to the chart. Like who knows what's watching what on different ways. And then plus three is something that we want to talk about, but it's something that the industry pays attention to. There's a reason why plus three and plus sevens are valued by advertisers. Like the business mm-hmm. is changing. And if the people who are doing the majority of the reporting, Nielsen's still going to do its thing. But if Showbuzz daily says, we're not going to do this anymore. Then why are we as fans caring? Right. Why are we getting worked up over what collision does because again, that's two people. That's three people that didn't watch the show that night. Like the number, it, the numbers are so minuscule, and then they shrink constantly. And like I hear, it's like, oh, they're gonna. You know, I read someone they're gonna bottom out. I keep hearing they're gonna bottom out. Like, yeah. but things. I mean, we don't know that. No one knows what the standard rate of attrition is really gonna be because it keeps happening. 
Well, and and Nielsen and other these other companies, they're trying to measure like stream counts. But the streamers um, but, aren't are untrustworthy. The streamers yeah. release the numbers, and they say like Disney released those nine hundred thousand numbers. It could be yeah. twelve thousand people. It's not. But I mean, like right. they don't. There is no standard for what this is. Like, yeah, it, we're and, in a different world. Well, and and it's like at this point, why would the streamers like contract somebody to to get their accounts for them, right? Um, well, I, because they want to generate ad revenue and yada, 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 but these are paid apps. Now there are like Peacock, if you're on the lower tier, if you're on the 499 tier, they do have ads on their shows, right? Mm -hmm. I, I happen to be on the 999 tier cause I don't want to get ads on my shows. So I, I, I actually pay 999. So I don't get those things. Wow. So, but they, they do, they, but they are doing the counts themselves and whenever they release those those numbers they could say whatever they want as long as the dollar figure amounts are correct right they could say hey we generated this much ad revenue and this much subscription revenue and that's where we're at the viewership revenue that they report um it could be accurate it could be complete bullshit you never know what to really trust nope. um but they don't really have to give you the right number and we know for a fact wwe and other folks for years have been putting out false numbers just to create this illusion that they're more popular than they really are, even though they're the most popular wrestling company in the world. Um, it, it's, it's, you, it's just been a huge thing. More. Yeah. So the thing, the thing with the, the ratings talk, it's the only reportable metric that the public has access to that is independently studied. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's really been one of the only ways that we can measure success because the live gates and stuff like that are being held because these companies, for the most part, uh, uh, actually WWE for a long time, their, their, their revenue was public because they're a publicly traded company. Um, but AEW's gate records, you just being, you got to, you know, trust that Tony Khan is telling you the truth. And so that's what gets reported. Russell those, 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 yeah, and well, Ticks counts seats, right? He doesn't know how many of those tickets were given away. Right. And so you have to trust that Tony Khan is telling you the truth. I believe that he's very likely telling you the truth, but there's going to come a point in time where you might not be able to trust him anymore because at the end of the day, he is a wrestling promoter. Right. And, he is, and he might fall onto his worst instincts as a wrestling promoter because they might want to make the illusion again, that they're much more popular than they really are a la WWE in WrestleMania three. Right. So, so that's why the ratings discourse has been so popular online and it's not a new phenomenon I was reading the newspaper on Saturday mornings and I would get all of the, the raw and nitro ratings. And I would listen to the shadow man on Friday night and he would report the ratings every week that he would get from Dave Meltzer. Um, so this is not a new thing, um, but it's just become a bit more toxic because you have these warring factions of people, AEW versus WWE and AEW's numbers are down right now. And so people want to use that as like, Hey, well they suck because they're not at WWE's level when it really, it doesn't really matter because in every, in a ton of other metrics they are doing very well and you can't, and they are not a failure because they're not as big as WWE success is relative to the size of the company. They're absolutely. And Joe Lanza talked about this on his show last week. They're absolutely a smashing, incredible big time success. And that pisses people off. So they're constantly looking for ways that they're possibly failing. And that, and that's why the discourse has gotten way out of control. Well, the discourse, it's not just from the, the tribal fans, but it's also from the old fans. So we'll sit there and pull up numbers from the nineties. Like wrestling was way more popular back then. Wrestling, <laughs> yeah. And there's this narrative that wrestling was beating the NFL. That never no. happened. That Never. I don't like, I don't know. I don't know if that's something Vince Russo started. I hate to just plug, like put a bullseye on somebody, but I mean, it never, that never was a thing. Raw never beat Monday night football. That was, 
no. it, that's not real. Like no, we so you want to know what they what they did, JD? And I'll please. tell you why. Because they would combine the raw number at its peak and the nitro number at their peak, and say that those two numbers combined were were a co- the combined number would beat Monday Night Football. When in actuality, a lot of those people were the same. Because I was one of those people. I was I also one of those people. Yeah, and I was watching on the West Coast, and Nitro was 100% live. So I would get home from school, and I would watch at 5 p.m. Nitro, and then I would immediately go into Monday Night Raw at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. or whatever it was, because Raw on USA was always tape delayed. So you the way on the West Coast feed. But a lot of folks, you specifically, and a lot of folks on the Eastern Time Zone and the Central Time Zone, they would be coming on at the same time and they would just flip back and forth. Yep. Or they would tape or they would have two TVs. They would tape one and they would watch the other one live, right? My co- my college dorm room, my roommate, he's listening, Joe and I, would have two TVs. We each brought a TV from home specifically so we could have one the volume up on one and the volume down on the other when we were watching wrestling on Monday nights. We whatever segment was more interesting, we hit mute on the other one. Yeah. Like we did. We watched both at the same time. We would have a bunch of people in our dorm room watching it. Like wrestling was very popular in the 90s. Don't get me wrong. But now WWE is doing some of their best numbers ever. They're absolutely killing it everywhere. Destroyed. They are yeah. killing it. And AEW just broke is breaking attendance records too. Like yeah. the Forbidden Door show was number two show ever in Canada. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And the break they have the number two show ever, ever for gate revenue coming up in Wembley. Like, you can't tell me they're failing. They're just not as big as the other guy. Pepsi's never going to be as big as Coke. Mm-mm. And that's okay. No. Like, Yeah, that, that doesn't mean you're not successful. Right. right? But we have yeah. to. We're so driven by these Eric Bischoff guys, right, that they have to be one versus the other. One has to, the, the, the 80s mentalities where one corporation has to crush the other. Wrestling is way better. The, the founding of AEW is the best thing that ever happened to WWE. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing that could have happened to them, right? And quite frankly, having multiple wrestling companies in this country is great for us. What we do, right? We have multiple things to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I I can't see anybody thinking this is bad. No. And we have multiple things to talk about, and I think we've talked too long. We're almost at 90 minutes. (laughs) We're almost at 90 minutes. We did like 45 uh, minutes on the dang uh, Money in the Bank preview. I didn't see that coming. I know. Well, I know, but I haven't talked to Scott in a long time. So oh, yeah, I'm excited same. to have him. So, oh, great. Um, yeah. Hey, guys, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, head over to patreon.com slash Media to check out our latest installment of the Mike and JD Show Extra, where we did a deep dive into the Black Scorpion. Um, and you can also check our previous episode out, where we did a deep dive on the history between Don Callis and Kenny By God Omega. And we did those shows as companion pieces to jd's substack articles he's got two out right now he's got the the, the don callis article and he's got the um he's got the uh black scorpion article sorry i already lost my mind actually the, uh, J- the substack was not about don Callis. the substack was about don eagle and uh it's from the book it's from the, the book i'm going to be writing it was about the chicago ter- the first substack was actually about the chicago territory and uh don eagle getting screwed out of the old wwa title by yeah. um the chicago fred cole chicago promoter so there's differences there, but yeah. So sorry to correct you, Mike, but I don't want to. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I got a little, I got a little confused because the the original idea was to do companion pieces, but we we didn't we, do that. We did one with the yeah, yeah. We did one with your fight game media article first, yeah. and then this last the slide the latest one we we pointed towards your Substack, so we have it on your Substack. The uh, the Black Scorpion that. article. 
Yeah, absolutely. So everybody go and check that out. Um, uh, if you're watching, if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe uh, on the YouTube and, and put comments in there because it really does help the algorithm. Uh, mm-hmm. We'd like to get those subscription numbers up and we want to crush everybody on fight game media. I'm not saying don't watch the other ones. I'm saying watch ours and watch ours a lot of times. Just keep ours on repeat. If you see Mike and JD, just play it and on all of your devices, yeah, multiple get all devices. your friends to do that and then just keep them rotating all the time. Do it on your phone. Do it on your computer. If you have an Amazon Fire, pull up the YouTube app. If you have a Roku, pull it on there. Yeah. Keep watching Mike and JD. Click subscribe, like, comment, tell your friends, right? Absolutely. Yeah. T- tell your friends about us. But hey, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. And until next week, mahalo. Hey, everybody. My name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media. We talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture. And we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.